Hi, everybody. I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. I'm Lacey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Did I do that right? Yeah, this time. Nailed it. Love it. Okay. Um, Welcome back, Bailey. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm still exhausted. Still exhausted. So this is, oh. this will be fun. We missed you. Yeah. Yeah. I lonely. listened last week and I was like, it's weird. They're missing something. It was weird without you. Yeah, just it's us by ourselves. Missed. It was uncomfortable. I feel- there was like no snarkiness between us. Yeah, it was like pretty like mellow nice yeah yeah i don't know it was like it it gave off the vibes that like Lacey and i are friends and we are like nice to each other mm. which is weird because it's not the case yeah, we don't want people to think that right people are gonna and be we really were confused very incognito yeah did you listen to the episode I did. Oh, you did. You just said it sounded weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and horrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the, um, she ended up, sh- yeah, she ended up, like, shooting up a school or something. Well, yeah, first she, like, you know, tried to poison everybody and then yeah. tried to set fire to, to some shit and then she was really bad at start shooting murder. What was oh and it was a uh, I I really wanted to make a comment but like obviously I wasn't like recording with you guys but d- her dad was Norman or something yeah and hearing that there's like a young Norman yeah. sounds wrong yeah but anyway um so today we're gonna talk about Samuel Little. Um, and I'm excited because I, I put it on my iPad so I can hold it while also looking at you guys. Ooh, so this will be fun. Um, have either of you heard of Little at all? No. But before you jumped on to the video conference thing that we're doing right now, yeah, Lacey and I were looking at his picture, yeah. which if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash sinister and sarcastic 942, you'll be able to see the picture that we're talking about. Um, and Lacey, what did you say about him? I said he looks mean. Yeah, and I said that he looks like he did something bad, because it looks like he's in a courtroom, and he's wearing jail clothes. Um, yes. He Uh, also looks like he doesn't, he doesn't look remorseful. No, whatever it is he did. Nope, he's not. Um, no Googling. I want to, like, I'm going to bury the lead here. We're going to get to it at the end um, of, like, what he did and everything. But, so Samuel Little, or Samuel McDowell, his father's name, was born June 7th, 1940. Hey! That's your birthday. It is. Not 1940, but, no. yeah. Um... He was born in Reynolds, Georgia. His mom was 16 years old. Uh, her name was Bessie May, which Bessie I May. really like that. Where, Reynolds, where? 
Georgia. Reynolds, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so a very Bessime. Georgia name. Bessie yeah, I, I like it. Um, she was 16 years old, and his father was 19-year-old Paul McDowell. His mom was a teenage sex worker, and it's reported that she gave birth in prison, but then he also claims that his mom abandoned him at some point as a toddler. Oh, is he one of those people who just, like, makes up stories? Well, it's hard to tell because, like, he does he does end up confessing to what he does, and, like, they've, that has been proven true. Um... So it's just, there's, for this part, it's very, there's very little in his early life. So it's kind of hard to figure out, like, what's real and what's not. Mm. Especially with his mom. Um, so pretty much, his mom left him when he was young. So he was raised by his grandmother um, in Lorraine, Ohio. His grandmother um in one source, it looked like he may have had, like, some abuse or probably some, like, hitting around when he was young. Which he probably... No, I'm not going to say that. Um, he struggled in school. He started drinking and doing drugs young. And he quickly be uh, began his criminal career. At the age of 16, he was convicted for breaking and entering. And he was thrown in and out of juvenile detentions and reformatory schools. Have you guys ever heard of the Ohio State Reformatory School at all? No, but I'm going to guess okay. that it's not a good place. No, it's um, it's on my one of my like uh, disturbing destinations lists. So I did mm. like a little research into it already. Um, I will be covering it in a future episode. But so he went there um, and the idea for the this reformatory school, it was an intermediate penitentiary. So it accepted inmates who were too old for juvie, um, but didn't commit offenses, like, major enough to warrant going to, like, Ohio State Penitentiary. So, like, okay. kind of in between, like, juvie and, like, scary jail. Um, at what? Scary, scary jail. jail. <laughs> well, it's, it's scary. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, big are boy jail. In, are you in uh, maximum security? Oh, I'm I'm in the scary jail. <laughs> I like it. Um, it was here where he learned to draw, which is going to come back uh, at the end of my episode. Uh, he also eventually dropped out of high school. Not shocking with his... He was too busy committing crimes at this point, so... Well, you know... It, it, who has Priorities. the time? It, it's like a full-time job. Yeah. And if you've already got a source of income, why finish school? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, in the mid-1950s, he moved from state to state, getting arrested for fraud, driving under the influence, assault, armed robbery, and rape. Nice. He would rob people for drug and alcohol money, blow it, and then move on to the next place. In 1961, he was sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture furniture store in Lorraine. Uh, he was released three years later. I already said that. That was redundant. God damn it. Never mind. <laughs> damn it, Bailey. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in his late 20s, he actually moved to Florida to live with his mom. I guess they 
rekindled the relationship or something. Um, it was here where he up. worked. Huh? They patched things up. I guess. Um, he worked in uh, Florida as a cemetery worker, which is fun. Um, or an ambulance attendant. What which I don't mean? know what that means. That's that's good. That's what I said. <laughs> I I was I was like that's that's fun. Uh, I don't I wouldn't trust him to be an EMT, but well, <laughs> I as attendant, right? Ambulance attendant. Yeah, that's what it was listed as. Sounds like he just rides along like for support, just to keep him company. I wonder. I don't know if, if I would want his support either. I think it might be what. You look that up. I'm going to continue. Um, by 1975, so he's 35 at this point. He was arrested over 25 times across 11 states. Yeah. While in prison uh, in 1971, he met he met Jean. Who's, uh, who became sort of his girlfriend, but like kind of like a surrogate mom because she was 30 years older than him. Um, but they Which hung out. Huh? 30 years is more than his actual mother is. Yes. Oh, so maybe for the like record, grandma? It seems like an ambulance attendant is, you could just call anybody that works on an ambulance an ambulance attendant. Okay. It's very vague. Maybe, maybe he pumped like gas or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's probably just like an ambulance driver. Okay. Not an um, EMT. I, I hope not. So Gene was 30 years older than him. They formed a relationship uh, while he was in prison. She actually had. Uh, she visited him once and was like, hey, your current girlfriend's going to testify against you. And, like, that's how she, like, slid in his DMs. Um, after he got out that time, they traveled across the country and shoplift constantly together. Uh, and then Little would go out at night and meet younger women, I guess. Um, they stayed together until her death uh, in... 1988. They shoplift thousands of dollars in clothing, cigarettes, electronics, um, and she actually died of a brain hemorrhage, which that's fun. No, mm. it's not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really fun. In 1982, he was arrested in Pasagola, mm. Mississippi. Um, he was charged with the murder of a 22-year-old, Melinda Rose LaPree. She had gone missing in September of 1982. Her body is, had been left... Yeah? Is this his first murder? It's the first one um, he gets caught for. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna We're doing things a little different for this episode, so... Just sit back and ride along. Um, right. So her body had been left out into the elements for about three weeks. So unfortunately, there was no like hard physical evidence to link him 
did it soda just appear? <laughs> Drew just got a soda handed to her off camera. That's exciting. Oh, fun. I texted Lou and I asked him to bring me a snack and a soda. Wow. I wish I could do that. My husband's playing video games. Mm. Did you mute yourself just so you could crack your soda? <laughs> okay. Um, I so, want to disturb. Melinda had been out in the elements for three weeks. So, again, there unfortunately, there was no physical evidence linking him to her. Um, but a, and a grand jury declined to indict him for her murder. So, like, that kind of just... He moved on quick from that. No prison time for that. Um, But while he was getting investigated for Melinda's death, he was transferred to Florida to be brought to trial for a murder of a 26-year-old, Patricia Ann Mount. She was also found in September of 1982. Her nude body was found at a hayfield. She had hair fibers and eyewitnesses um, led... They had eyewitness statements that led to his arrest. The witnesses identified him as the person who spent time with Mount the night before her disappearance. Unfortunately, there was a mistrust of the witness testimonies, and he was acquitted in January of 1984. The witnesses were sex workers, and the jury didn't trust them, which is why they didn't they threw away their testimony um so after this he moved to california where he killed two more women yeah Um, he was being allowed to why wouldn't you keep doing it you know yeah he uh he moved uh outside of like san diego area um, in October of 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling a 22-year-old, Lori Barnos, who actually survived. Uh, I mean, at least he's getting arrested. Yeah. This next part's probably going to piss you off, but just hold <laughs> on to that. Um, the next month in the same year, he was found by police in the back seat of his car with an unconscious woman. She had been strangled and beaten and was found in the exact same location as the attempted murder of Barros. Hmm. For both of these crimes in California, he served two and a half years. <sighs> sure. Two and a half years for both? Or yeah. two and a half years each? No, two and a half years for both. I mean... sure yeah um was there any hard evidence i mean Lori survived so that's very circumstantial you're right you're absolutely right um he was released in february of 1987 and immediately moved to los angeles and then we're going to jump to the future. Are you ready? I'm ready. Take me to the future. Hold on. Hold on. How far into the future are we jumping? I, I'm literally going to tell you the date when you're ready. Okay. Well, I just, I need to, if it's going to be like 20 years, I need to hold on to something. 
Yeah. I'm in a silly mood. Go ahead. Um, September 5th, 2012. He was arrested at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky for an outstanding drug charge in LA. He was 71 How old is years this old. Man? He's 71 at this point. Jeez. Using <sighs> DNA, they were able to connect him to at least three cold cases um, that happened in LA. The first one was Carol L. Ford. She was murdered uh, July 13th, 1987. She was a 41-year-old mother and soon-to-be grandmother. And the next one was Audrey Everett. She was murdered August 14th, 1989. Oh, no. I forgot how to say this girl's name. Hold on. Let me text it to you guys. Okay. I'm going to put it in the chat here. It's, it's, it's Spanish, I think. So did he just like is this one of those like um what the Golden State Killer? What is that? Was that oh, the familial right one? DNA? Well where they just Guadalupe. Okay, Guadalupe Abodaca. Um she was murdered September third, nineteen eighty seven. She was a sixty sorry, she was a forty six year old mother of two. Her 17-year-old son said that he last saw her before she went out to drinks, where she had met up with Little. All three were killed and found later in the streets of L.A. Um, Golden State Killer in the sense of what? That, like, he spent his whole life doing whatever he wanted and then didn't get caught until he was, like, 80? Yes. That's really annoying. Yeah. Um, and... It, it's going to get much worse because it always does in my episodes. Um, but we'll talk about like how he was able to get away with it and like things that he did. Um, so it for sounds those... like he just got lucky a lot of the time. Yeah. Part or, like, of it, people just but... didn't care. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. So for those three cold cases, he was charged on January 7th, 2013. Months later, the police stated that he was being investigated for the involvement of three dozen murders committed in the 1980s across the country. And they also had read open uh, the Lepreek murder case where he was acquitted. Um, so they opened that and are re-examining it. In 2014, the jury found his him guilty for the for of the three murders and sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole at this time the fbi listed his information in its uh violent criminal apprehension program and this began finding strong links between his movements throughout the decades to unsolved murders across 19 states 19 19 um, in 2018, after getting officially told that the death penalty, death penalty would be off the table, he started opening up to detectives. There's actually, like, because it's so recent, there's, like, video recordings of, like, some of these conversations. Um, and I had watched a, uh, Annie, uh, like, little documentary of it, and it, like, interviewed the, like, DA, D. Yeah, the DA and, like, one of the detectives that talked with them. And they started with, like, bonding over, like, sports and, like, the Cleveland Browns to get him to open up. And then, like, he just opened the floodgates to everything that he did. Um, 
he had a really good memory of details of his victims like he remembered like jewelry what they were wearing um how like their hair looked he could like name like their height and their weight and everything um and he would go on to confess 93 murders spanning from 1970 to 2005 um over the country he became what it's like great yeah he became close with um a texas ranger named jimmy holland holland was careful when he first started talking a little he kind of became his friend like the first time he met with him he just visited him in prison Um, the next time they had an interview and interrogation that lasts two and a half hours they spoke of his crimes and the victims but also over the time in texas sodas they liked nicknames that they had with their parents they really like built up rapport together um he little had told holland that he stopped counting the amount of murders uh he committed at 84 i don't know why he stopped after 84 counting but and didn't um, he he didn't graduate school no maybe that's just as high as he could count you're right Mm. Uh, after that two and a half hour day of interrogation, he went back and they had another four hour interrogation. Um, the next, we're just going to go through all of the, uh, confessions that he gave. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) Um, on November 9th, 2018, he confessed to the 1996 strangulation of Melissa Thomas um i'm just gonna say november and it's all gonna be the same year he was charged with the 1994 murder of denise brothers in odessa texas he pled guilty to this and received another life sentence Uh, russell county alabama da announced that he had confessed to a 1979 murder of brenda alexander who was 23 at the time she was found in phoenix city uh Macon, Georgia, sheriffs announced that he had credibly confessed to a 1977 strangling murder of an unidentified woman and also a 1982 strangling murder of an 18-year-old Fredona Smith. He confessed to a 1982 murder of 55-year-old Dorothy Richards and a 1990 six murder of 40 year old daisy mcguire in louisiana and this is all this is the same this is all november of 2018 just it's i'll let you know when we change months harrison county mississippi sheriff said he confessed to the strangling of 36 year old julia crinchfield in gulfport area in 1979 uh, and he had dumped her body off a cliff Lee County, Mississippi law enforcement officials announced that he admitted to killing 46-year-old Nancy Carroll Stevens in 2005. This case had been brought to a grand jury in January of 2019. 
Um, Richard, Richland County, South Carolina authorities announced that he confessed to murdering 19-year-old Evelyn Winston. She was found near Fort Jackson in 1978. He convinced he confessed to have ki- having killed 20-year-old Rosie Hill in Marion County, Florida in 1982. And the FBI announced that the Violet Criminal Apprehension Program confirmed 34 of Little's confessions and was working to match the remainder of his confessions to known murders and suspicious deaths. December of 2018, he was indicted for strangling Linda Sue Boards, a 30, sorry, a 23-year-old uh, who was murdered in May of 1981 in Warren County, Kentucky. Her body had been found May 15th of 81. Um, around this time, one of his victims had been identified as Martha Cunningham in Knox County, Tennessee. She had been 34 years old when she was murdered in 1975. Following year in May 2019, Ohio prosecutors announced uh, four announced indictments with four counts of aggravated murder and six counts of kidnapping. Um, one of them was Mary Jo Payton in 84 in Cleveland. Mary Jo uh, was skele- uh, skeletonized. Is that how you say it, Joe? Sounds right. Okay. Um, so an anthropologist had to create a model of what she looked like, and she wasn't identified um, until 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, Little had picked Mary Jo up at a bar. He described her as short and a plump woman in her 20s with brown hair. Another one of his victims was Rose Evans in 1991 in Cleveland. She was 32 years old, found in August 1991 in a vacant lot. She had left for her her hometown of Binghampton, Binghampton, New York. When she was 17, he strangled her as well. He confessed to killing another Cleveland woman in either 77 or 78. Um, she was found like five years later. She was black or between 17 to 35 years old. Her body had been dumped down a, gl- a grassy slope near a fence in a wooden area just off Interstate 271. She had been found by a man walking his dog, and only her skeleton, some clothing, and jewelry remained. He confessed to the murder of Anna Stewart, who was 33 years old. She was last seen October 6, 1981, getting out of a cab at a general hospital to uh, go visit her, ho- her sister in the hospital. And she was killed approximately on October 11th of that year. Uh, in June of 2019, he was indicted in Hamilton County, Ohio, for murdering two women killed in Cincinnati. At this point, he received two consecutive terms to life in prison, plus two consecutive sentences of 15 years to life on top of his prior rulings. So, because I have a few more, as we can see, um, he likes to strangle. Um, 
he didn't get caught because he went after like runaways drug addicts sex workers um people that he thought weren't gonna like get a lot of media attention if they went missing um yeah I'm sorry, I lost my place. Okay. He, um, in either... Yeah, those are a lot of his, like, mug shots and stuff. What's um, crazy is that he... It's not like he was... Completely under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah. What'd you say? And, I said, like, under the rate, like, how yeah. you did. Um, yeah, but the, th- and the, like, the problem with him is, and I didn't include it just because I didn't want to, like, go crazy with detail and whatnot. Um, he changed cars a lot. He, oh, I thought you were going to say his appearance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he had a goatee for a while. Oh, yeah, that was really incognito. Um, he changed cars a lot. And he crashed, uh, traveled, like, over state lines with victims. Those are a lot of the states where people were found. I noticed he avoided Pennsylvania. Yes. He never hit up Pennsylvania. Um, he confessed that in, uh, 71 or 72, he met an attractive 18 to 19 year old transgender black woman in Miami, Florida. Her name was either Mary Ann or Mary Ann. Excuse me. Um, she was between 5'6 and 5'7, approximately 140 pounds. He first had met her at a bar known as the Pool or Pool Palace in Miami. A few days later, they met again at a bar in Overtown uh, where he offered to give her a ride home. She was living with roommates at the time, and somewhere while they were, like, dropping her, while he was going to drop her off, one of her roommates had asked them to, like, go out and buy, like, a can of shaving cream or something. So they went back in his car and then went for a ride. At this point, he um, killed her on a driveway and then headed towards the Everglades, he dragged her body approximately 200 yards into thick, muddy water, mm. and he doesn't believe her body was ever found. Mm. So that's, like, yeah. Has alligators. Yeah. Um, an unmatched confession, or at least it's not matched yet. Um, he said in North Little Rock, Arkansas, in either. 92 or 94 he encountered a black female in a transient area of little rock it was cold and possibly snowing when they met he described her as 24 5 5 to 5 7 approximately 200 pounds and she stayed with him on and off for about three days he reportedly shoplift with the woman and she um held the merchandise um he was arrested for shoplifting at a Kruger grocery store, but then was released three hours after getting arrested so he could move his vehicle off the grocery store's property, which, that just sounds weird. Like, okay, 
we'll let you go move your car real quick and then you'll come back and then you'll be rearrested did he promise he was gonna come back he didn't say that but like i'm gonna say that he did like he was probably if he did his fingers were crossed because he didn't come back <sighs> i know um but when he left to move his car he had noticed the woman sleeping inside he then drove with her to like meet her ex-boyfriend who was called bear and then um drove her back to her residence oh, the next did, day yeah sorry did he know the woman that was sleeping in his car yeah it was the girl that um he was shopping with oh, okay yeah. i thought um, he just like found his car and she was in there and right was, like, yeah her. just a random person um the next day they met up again and they drove towards uh benton or Bentonville, Arkansas. As soon as they got outside of Little Rock, he drove down a dirt road and manually strangled her to death. He recalls that he placed her body on a pile of branches or old corn stalks in or near a cornfield. He thinks that her name may have been like Ruth and her mom lived in North Little Rock. Um, well, yeah. quick. I did notice something. Yeah. Uh, did Lacey develop laryngitis during this recording? She's because not she, talking at all. She has been largely silent. Was it I'm the 93 confessions? Mm. There's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot um, going on here with Samuel. Little. There is a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I didn't realize until you said that. Um, I really have not been talking a lot. <laughs> Lacey, you're here. I'm here. I thought- I joined. I thought you had accidentally muted, so I checked, and I was like, "Has she been talking? We just can't hear her." <laughs> nope, you've just been sitting there. Yeah, just quietly She's sick. here. She doesn't feel well. Leave her alone. That's Your true. husband is our only true. paying customer, so make it worth her while. That's true. I love you. Um, another uh confession that has been hasn't been matched yet. With an unmatched confession, just means that they haven't found the body yet. Um, essentially to like verify this um covington kentucky 1984 sometime in the summer he was driving from lorraine ohio to cincinnati along the way he met a 25 year old white female outside a strip club such a me cute um she was between 5'6 and 5'7, approximately 130 to 170 pounds. She was described as having short blonde hair and blue eyes with a hippie appearance, he said. Um, she approached him and wanted a ride to Miami, saying that her mom lived there, which that feels out of the way. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> but, Wasn't you know, he going towards Ohio? No, he was coming from Ohio to oh, Cincinnati. Okay. Cincinnati Cincinnati. is in Ohio yeah what are you talking about he said he was driving from Lorraine Ohio to Cincinnati oh okay um yeah so So it's just a little bit out of the way um but he said sure and they headed through Cincinnati made it to northern Kentucky where he decided to drive uh down a small dirt road on top of a little round hill in air quotes where he strangled the woman in the back seat of his car um he left her body on the top of the hill uh in vegas in 1993 he was driving to la when he met a black woman on owens ave or jackson street in vegas 
He described her as thin, dark-skinned, who was approximately 40 years old. She was approximately 5'5", 110 to 120 pounds. He believed that the woman had naturally short hair, but wore a long-haired wig. She had, um, at one point, must have pointed out her son, who was 19 to 23 years old. Little took her back to a motel room and strangled her to death. He then placed her body in the trunk of his car and drove to the outskirts of Vegas, pulled off a remote road, and rolled her down a a steep slope, and then threw her clothes out further down the road. He doesn't believe her body had ever been found. In uh, New Orleans, 1982, in autumn, he met a black female um, described as 30 to about 40 years old. 5'8 to 5'9, weighing 160 pounds, with honey-colored brown skin and medium-length short hair. She was wearing a pretty dress with buttons on the front. They met in a club where she was attending a birthday party with a group of friends and one of her two sisters. They left the club together. While on the way to her house, he turned off the highway on a dirt road along a canal that was being dredged. They exited the car and he killed her and left her body in the canal. And then he drove back to Mississippi Mississippi, to a motel he was staying in. Um, So you can see how, like, for instance, he was just in New Orleans, and then he just drove right to Mississippi, like, creating so much distance. Yeah, like, he was in Ohio, and then he went to Las Vegas next. Yeah. Um... I also, um, we, like, I spoke about, like, how his compress like how much detail he gives this is all like these are his confessions these this is all the details of each victim or most victims that he remembers like he described it as honey colored brown skin and medium long short hair like it's it's a lot of detail for someone over a span of like a 30-year career of murdering people yeah. not that that's a career but you know what i mean they left an impression hmm yeah. Um, so, and then I got just a list of some other, uh, most of his other victims. They're not as detailed, though, so we're, we'll go through them pretty quickly. Um, in Phoenix, Arizona, he um, confessed to killing a Hispanic female in her 40s, either in 88 or 96. In North Little Rock, he... Um, confessed, I don't know why I couldn't say that word, um, to a black female in either 92 or 93. In West Memphis, Arkansas, this actually, this confession actually matched to a Jane Doe, was a black female between, uh, 28 and 29 years old, killed in 84, and she was picked up in Memphis, Tennessee, crossing state lines there. Um, in San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California. He murdered a black female between the ages of 18 to 23, killed in 84. In L.A., he had a lot of fun in L.A., let me just say that. Um, Not fun, but yeah. He killed, confessed to killing two black females in 87, another black female around the age of 19 in 87, Another black female around the age of 50 and 87, possibly called Granny. 
another one, um, 22 to 23 years old in 87. And then another black female between the ages of 26 and 27, all in 87. Um, in nine, in 1990 to 1991, he killed a black female between 40 and 45 years old, possibly called Alice. Uh, in 91 or 92, he killed a black female between nine, uh, between 20 and 22 years old, possibly from San Francisco. He confessed to two more uh, murders in 92. In uh, 92 or 93, he killed an, an Hispanic female between 24 and 25 years old. Uh, in 1996, he confessed to killing a black female between 23 and 25 years old, possibly called Sheila. Also in 96, he confessed to killing a, another black female between 23 and 24 years old, possibly called T-Money. He killed a white female between 23 and 25 years old in 96. And a black female, age 25 and 96. That's all L.A. So, he was, was... Yeah. When you said possibly called T-Money, was he giving them nicknames? Or is that just like... I think that's what he thought their names were. Okay. Yeah. And like so that may have been like... That may have been the name that they gave him, him because he he did a like he murdered a lot of like sex workers um in homestead florida he killed a white female in either 1970 or 1971 in miami florida he killed a black female at the age of 22 in 71 possibly named linda a transgender female at the age of 18 this is the one i this is Marianne, the one I spoke about earlier. Um, he killed a black female at the age of 28 in 71 or 72. And he thought that the victim possibly worked at the Homestead Air Force Base. In the mid-1970s, he kid killed a black female between 23 and 24 years old, possibly called Emily. And she he believed that she worked at the University of Miami. Um, in Kendall, Florida, this, um, this confession had been ma has been matched to a Jane Doe. Um, she was a white female, possibly of Cuban descent, between 25 and 35 years old, killed in 71, possibly called either Sarah or Donna. He, um, murdered a black female in 84 in Fort Myers, Florida, another one in 84 in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, in Plant City, Florida, he killed a black female uh, in 77 or 78, and he had met them in Clearwater, Florida, so some traveling there. Uh, in Savannah, Georgia, he killed uh, one 22 or 23-year-old in 74, and another 23-year-old in 84. He doesn't really have a rhyme or... Like, I'm sorry, I just going through them also verbally he literally like he makes no sense of how he's traveling through the states yeah he's all over he's the just place. like yeah he's he's all over the place 
I mean, um, he doesn't, doesn't have a real job, so. That's get, true. like, go or wherever you want, I guess. Um, in Georgia, in Dade County, I think, um, this match to a Jane Doe, he killed a black female between 25 and 30 years old, uh, either in 80 or 81. In Granite City, Illinois, he killed a black female about 26 years old in 76 or 79, who he had met in St. Louis, Missouri, possibly named Joe. In East East St. Louis, Illinois, he killed a black female either in 76 or 79. Um... In New Orleans, this uh, confession matched to a Jane Doe as well. He killed a white female between 33 and 44 uh, in 82. He also killed a black female in 82 as well in New Orleans. In Monroe, Louisiana, he killed a black female age 24 uh, in 87 or early or the early 1990s. In Prince George County, Maryland, he uh, confessed and matched to a Jane Doe. She was a white female between 20 and 25 years old, 72, possibly from Massachusetts. Um, In Pasagola, Mississippi, this confession matched to a Jane Doe. A black female between 35 and 45 years old, killed in 77. Um... Las Vegas, black female, age 40 and 93. Cincinnati, black female, killed in 74. Uh, Will, Will, somewhere in Ohio. Sorry, I can't pronounce his name. Um, He confessed and matched to a Jane Doe. She was a black female between 20 and 35 years old, killed in 82, possibly from Cleveland, Ohio. In Charleston, South Carolina, he killed a black female age 28 between somewhere between 77 and 82. Um, In Knoxville, Tennessee, he killed a black female age 25 in 75. Yeah, no, that was right. Okay, great. I thought my (laughs) dyslexia messed me up. Um, And finally, in Houston, Texas, he killed a black female between 25 and 28 years old. Killed between 76 or and 79 or in 93. He's not really sure. Um, yeah. Does anyone need a breather as we went through all of that? I'm just like... I mean... Sounds what, exhausting. What's the, what's the count? So, in total, he's confessed to 93... At this point, um, most recently, I think we've confirmed 60 of them. How much do you think he spent on gas? Well, he shoplift and stole from people. So I don't think he spent anything. I think he just stole money from people. Just out there living the life. Traveling the country uh, for free. If you want to hit the next slide, Drew, I think... Uh. So, he drew sketches of over 20 of his victims. 
after the it, fact or like throughout after the, the fact okay um it's said to like help the investigation i don't i feel like he probably got some kind of gratification from this too yeah. um they they have been released obviously with the F- by the fbi in hopes that someone can identify them um as i said before he confessed that many of these w- women had been sex workers drug addicts or were unlikely to be missed by family and friends many of his victims deaths were ruled overdoses or attributed to accidental or undermine uh undermined causes um some have never been found going into a little bit of his um like mo since he was young he said uh he was attracted to necks hmm um when the, with his rampage in uh LA the LAPD named him the choke and stroke kick killer because I don't he would like start that. yeah he would start by punching out a victim strangling them to death and then he would sometimes which side note he would sometimes allow victims to revive just to strangle them again hey. um this method left little physical evidence, especially when a lot of his victims were found after weeks of being in the elements and all they were were skeletons. Um, he never cut, stabbed, or bit any of them, his words. Um, he also has said that he didn't like blood. Um, and I, th- I don't think I need to go into depth of uh, the meaning behind his stroke, uh, his choke and stroke killer name i would hope that most of us can uh yeah figure that out pick up one make the context clues um so why and how he got away with it he traveled a lot and crossed like state lines as i said he uh changed his car a lot too so he didn't have anything like tracing with him um and a lot of the times like DNA didn't, like, come around until the 1980s. So, we didn't have that yet. Um, and as we, like, had talked about in the beginning, after he got, like, acquitted or, like, he got out of jail for, like, those, like, little, like, stints and stays, he moved. Like, he didn't stay in a place. Parole wasn't really a thing. He didn't fuck. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um... During his interview, he actually shared how he almost got caught twice. In Florida, he had a dead body in his car when he got pulled over. He managed to convince the cop that he and his wife, in air quotes, were having sex. And he distracted the cop before he could get a uh, better second look at the body in the backseat. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say it was like, who was the guy that had like a dead body in the trunk and got pulled over? Was it Ed Dahmer? Kemper did. Oh, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. That's what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah. But it um, wasn't even in his trunk. The no, body it was, was in the back seat. Um, a similar event happened in Alabama. He killed and raped a woman uh, when the sheriff pulled up and he was also able to get out of that too. Jesus. Sweet. Good work, everybody. 
He claimed um, he hoped his confessions would help exonerate anyone wrongfully convicted of his crimes. And this actually did help in Florida. Two of his murders had been uh, tried and charged to the wrong man. Oh, wow. Per the uh, one of the people that have interviewed him, he wasn't in it for like the numbers as he was like listing off these confessions you know how like some people like want the fame and they like Mm -hmm. just add Mm -hmm. tack on some um when they were interviewing him they had given him the opportunity to claim a murder that he clearly couldn't have done because he was in prison at the time uh and his response that he said is that he knew the woman and wanted her but when he got out he couldn't find her because she had already been dead so he didn't like take the opportunity to just claim it. Yeah. Just but make he, it one hit. he he knew her and he wanted to kill her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um going back to like the neck thing, the DA I was like uh so if you like see like a neck like that makes you like want to like rape and murder a woman he's like oh yeah like the smoother the better like i love the necks yeah it's i don't like that yeah no i don't either smoother the better um he never showed any remorse when confessing he actually like in the videos it's kind of like unsettling how like candid he's being about it like he's smiling as if like he was he's like nostalgic um and one of the interviewers had said that he would would sometimes speak in third person and then get like a far off look and speak as though he was like right there. Um, it was also noted that he never took took trophies um, and someone thought it was because like his memories is all that he needed and he had all those like, say. yeah, he had all that detail. He never needed a trophy. Um. It's believed that he stopped in 2005 because at that point he was 65 years old and he was just getting too old to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's time to retire at some point. It's time to rest. Mm-hmm. He liked to claim that God gave him this task and he imagined himself as some kind of angel of mercy, divinely uh, commissioned to euthanize. Yeah, sounded super merciful. Yeah. Um, like prior... the part where he would like let them come back and then strangle them Just again? to kill them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, God, maybe it was that. like um, the Salem Witch Trials that if they like were able to gasp for air, they're a witch and he had to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to his capture in 2012, he had been arrested almost 100 times and had only spent 10 years behind bars before he was like ultimately locked up. And that's not 10 years, like, consecutively. That's randomly. Over two. Um, in prison, he was in a wheelchair with diabetes and a heart condition. Oh, and no. in 2020, at the age of 80, he died. Oh, no. His cause of death uh, wasn't publicly revealed, but there are no signs of foul play, which makes me sad. Anyway. Um, would you say he was in a wheelchair with diabetes and a heart condition? 
Yeah, I'm gonna say probably one of those things killed him. Boo. Um, in 2020, Oxygen released a document documentary called Catching a Serial Killer, Sam Little. Stars has also released Confronting a Serial Killer in 2021. And journalist Jillian Lauren interviewed him a lot. Um, she published a book called Behold the Monster, Confronting America's, America's Most Prolific Serial Killer, and was released this past July. Um, fun thing about Jillian is uh, she she was interviewed in one of the documenta- documentaries I watched. Um, she was super direct with him. She like called him a perv right to his face. Like, I was worried you were going to say she was like in love with him yeah no no. um the only weird thing is that like i guess he like he had called her and uh the texas ranger holland like his only friends so he had uh he had made her his next of kin (laughs) and in the interview i watched she was like yeah i'm still still dealing with his like his shit and like figuring out his estate and everything and i was like oh um, to this day, the FBI are still working on connecting his confessions to various killings throughout the U.S. Um, and that's all we have. That's all we have. That's all we know. Well, like, it's... Not this man and his 93 murders. It's such... That's, yeah, that's Denise, uh, brothers. She was 15 in the one thing, but, like, yeah. Compared to his illustration. It's just, like, it's it's sad that like we don't have more information on the victims um yeah, this how, is... many, how many unknowns there are on this list yeah isn't it imagine like going missing and nobody in your life even cares enough to like look for you or like nobody even knows that you're gone yeah yeah that makes me sad and i I, kids. I had um I don't know. How, I can't remember how I got his name, but I had no idea like it was this extensive. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Mm-mm. I know. Like it's fucking nuts. This is actually this is from um, the uh, Julian's book. She uh, I got like a sample of it on uh, Kindle, and like it's her four page who the book is dedicated to. It's all her oh. victims. The victims. Hmm. It was yeah. only over what? Like 20? It was from 71 to 2005. There's like a gap at the end. He was like a prison a t- a it's like he took a break at the end and then he was mm-hmm. like, one more for old time's sake. I mean, who knows? Maybe he has more. He's he's dead, so we can't really ask anymore. Yeah. And that was the year Bailey was born. 96? Yeah. Yeah. And then he um, waited like 10 years. Hmm. And the way he killed is just so, like... I guess I'm, like... It's, it's like, kind of untraceable. Because he didn't do anything like he didn't do a signature. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a more sinister episode. We were pretty less sarcastic this time. 
Yeah. I apologize. I feel like I brought the mood way down. So, so low. He's dead, though. Ooh. Yeah. And a wheelchair. I'm going to pretend that he was in a wheelchair because he lost his feet to diabetes. I'm going to pretend it's because he got shanked in prison in the back and he couldn't right walk in the anymore. Spine. Mm. I like that. I'm going to pretend that he was um, in a prison accident and his lower half of his body was cut off. Oh. Yeah. Comment on our Instagram post to theorize how you think he <laughs> ended up in a wheelchair. Or to Spotify. What do you um, like to imagine? Lacey, or did you want to tease us for next week, Lacey? I can tease you for next week. I don't Actually, want to be teased. I'm going to tease you whether you like it or not. Oh. I'm, I'm going to blow my nose first. And then I'm going to read you a poem. Oh, is it like, a poem? I'm gonna no no no. I I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm gonna think. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Who's your Who's your poet, Drew? You no, I think that it was um. Oh, Robert Frost. Ooh, oh, I think Lacey likes Robert. Two, I do. I just did him with my freshman. Yellow wood. We're best friends. That's why I know you like Robert Frost. Nerd. Um. So this actually, this poem was written specifically about the person that I'm going to be telling you guys about next week. And this is how I found out about them because I saw this poem on Facebook and I was like, that feels really specific. So I went Googling and I found out who it was about. So I am going to be giving you another expedition story next week because apparently I'm just on a roll with them. But, um, all right, here's, hold on, split my screen, my poem. I don't know if it has a name. Do you want me to snaps for you when you're done? Yes, please. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm just going outside and maybe some time. The others nod, pretending not to know. At the heart of the ridiculous, the sublime. He leaves them reading and begins to climb, goading his ghost into the howling snow. He is just going outside and maybe some time. The tent recedes beneath its crust of rhyme, and frostbite is replaced by vertigo. At the heart of the ridiculous, the sublime. Need we consider it some sort of crime, this numb self-sacrifice of the weakest? No, he is just going outside and maybe some time. In fact, forever. Solitary enzyme, though the night yield, no glimmer there will glow. At the heart of the ridiculous, the sublime. He takes leave of the earthly pantomime, quietly, knowing it is time to go. I'm just going outside and maybe some time. At the heart of the ridiculous, the sublime. Your keys, right? Yes, thank you. Thank you for the snaps. Um, Mount Everest. Maybe. It was very repetitive. Yeah, but I liked yeah. it, though. Um, also, yeah. your voice is really soothing, and you could read me poetry any day of the week. Oh, thank you. It's my sickness. I disagree, because she sounds sick. Um, how do we end this again? That well, was that sinister! Was <laughs> I got it! And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening.